Let's come on in, find our places to worship. Amen. For some people, today is nothing more than a day for football. For some people, today is a sad day. For some people, it's a great day. I don't know how everybody is feeling in here today, but I want to say to you that this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to ask you today to take all that's on your mind and push it aside. Take everything that's happened to you this last week, everything that's happening after service. Let's just let all of that go and let's focus right now on the Jesus Christ that we have come to focus on. Can we pray? Lord, in Jesus' name, we give ourselves to you. You are King and Lord and Master, God and Savior of everything in us right now. And we pray and ask you in Jesus' name to move mightily and powerfully in this service. Whatever you want to do in me, in my brother and in my sister, God, we agree. We want that in Jesus' name. Can somebody say yes to the Lord right now? Yes to what he wants to do. Yes to his will right now. Come on, let's praise him. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord, church. How many of you are glad to be in the house of God? Shout amen. Hallelujah. Oh! 
Resurrected one. Resurrected one. Shining like the sun. Breaking through the fear. Victory is here. Victory is here now. With a shout of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, 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 oh hallelujah. Jesus, we lift higher. We serve Savior today. Hallelujah. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer today. I have three prayer requests. Barbara Peglar, Sister Sally's sister, is having heart problems. She's in ICU, and she needs a touch from God today. 
Marvin Morris had a stroke and is paralyzed, and he needs a touch from God today. Also, Daniel Kupo uh, is looking for a job, and he needs favor. God would help him to find a job. If you have a special need in this place, there was a man that went to Jesus. He said, my servant lieth at home sick. And Jesus showed his willingness to go and lay hands on him. But the man said, no, I'm a man under authority, and I understand that all you have to do is send your word, and he'll be healed. And Jesus marveled. He said, I haven't seen so great faith. If you just have faith, he can send his word and heal any situation, any sickness. We're going to open these altars. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Let's just lift him up right now. We believe in a healing God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for the power in your word. We pray for Barbara right now, Lord, that you would send your word and heal her, Lord. We pray for Marvin Morris right now that you would send your word and heal. Stretch forth your hand and touch every heart in this place, Lord. Every need, every broken heart, Lord, every sickness, every disease. In the name of Jesus, we'll exalt you and we'll lift you up, Lord. Hallelujah. Continue to worship the Lord today.
Spirit, oh God.
are the temple, you are the voice, we are the song, you are our God, we are your people, you are the light, we stand in awe.
Jesus! Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! You can be seated. The song says, not by might, not by power, by your spirit. Send your spirit, God. Last Sunday at altar call, little Zachary, seven years old, said, Jesus, I want that spirit. Jesus, I repent. Right here, Brother Josh was praying with him. Zachary lifted up his hands. He started asking God to forgive him for his sins. A seven-year-old boy, not by power, not by might, but by the spirit of a living God. Stand to your feet and worship. Say, Jesus! Well, glory. You may be seated. I don't know that God has an age limit on giving his spirit. I remember a parent came to me many years ago and said, my child is only 10. They wanted to know, could they be baptized? And I told them they had to wait to the age of accountability till they were 12. And I said, can you find me a verse for that? Can you just find me a verse for that? See, I believe that God meets us at our point of need and when we're ready. That's the reason we do communion around here and people will say, what about my child? If your child understands it, they participate in it. I'm thankful that God allows our children to be part of his kingdom. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me. Amen. So glad for our guests that are with us. Howards, we're glad that y'all are with us today. God bless you. Joshua, you and your wife, we're glad that y'all are with us today. Thank you for being with us today. And Jeannie, we're glad you're with us today. God bless you. We didn't get a guest card on you. Please be sure that we get one so that we can at least let you know how glad we were to have you with us. Sister Aber said there needs to be a very quick ladies, important ladies meeting right after service today. Won't take but a few minutes, but she's got some exciting news to tell you ladies. Uh, I have some exciting news to tell you. I received a phone call from Clark County Division of Aviation, and they said, Pastor Blizzard, just keep on working forward. The second part of the three-part series is already done. You've been approved under the second part, and uh, we will let you know. They said, we will be letting you know in the next couple of weeks uh, when we're going to schedule the auction for the land and everything else. For those that are our guests today, we own 2.12 acres on the south corner of Ullum and um, Warm Springs, right off of Decatur, Warm Springs, just south of the interstate there, 215. And we're trying to buy the two and a half acres attached to it. And it has to go through a process to get there, but we are getting close to getting that. We'll have almost five acres to build on. The land right up the street from it is for sale, and uh, there's a total combining two parcels of land there of 3.85 acres. They're asking 1.5 million for that property, and it's two separate parcels. It's not conjoined. There, there's a house between them. It's just not a whole lot they can do with it. Ours all be contiguous and 
have frontage on two different streets. I'm excited because of what God's doing for his children. Amen. Amen. This Tuesday night, we have missionaries with us, uh, Chris Richardson and his wife from Madagascar, and they will be with us Tuesday night, this Tuesday night, 7.30 in our missionary service, which is normally our Tuesday night Bible study. We're having a missionary service. Be here for that. Also on the 26th of February, on that Tuesday night, the 26th will be our drama, Darkness is Light to Him. And uh, you don't want to miss that drama. It's an hour and a half full-length drama. You want to bring others with you for that. And it will be an exciting time. We will not have an altar. We will not have a curtain call. We will have an altar call. And I promise you, God will save some people that night. So you bring your guest. Let's see what God does. Right now, we're going to give you an opportunity to give in an offering. Our church secretary is in the back if you want to give electronically. Uh, if you want to give online at ptlv.org. If you want to just put it in this basket. God bless you as you give. Thank you for your faithfulness. If you've not gotten your giving statement for 2018, they are available, will be available after service today. But thank you for your faithfulness. God is also faithful. God bless you as you give today. Jesus, thank you for an opportunity to give to your cause. Bless now the gift, the giver, and meet every need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you as you give. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet right now? Come on, why don't we stand to our feet right now? How many of you came needing a breakthrough in your life today? Come on, sing. You are the undefeated one, my light and my salvation. When the wicked, when the wicked my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat a fire. They went, they stumbled and fell. Someone shall break through in the house today. Someone shall break through in the house today. Say, break through. You are the God of the breakthrough.
house. Someone shout breakthrough in the house. If you believe it, it'll happen. I said if you believe it, it'll happen. Breakthrough in my heart, breakthrough in my mind, breakthrough in my spirit, breakthrough in my soul, breakthrough in my weakness, breakthrough in my struggle. You are the God, you are the God of the breakthrough in our worship, breakthrough in our praise, breakthrough in our liberty, glorify your name.
God of the breakthrough. He's in the house right here, right now. The God of the breakthrough came through. Uh, the God of the breakthrough showed up. Uh, the God of the breakthrough is bigger than your situation. Uh, the God of the breakthrough came here to touch somebody in this house today. Oh, come on, come on, come on. The God of the breakthrough broke through. He's here right now. I'm honored to bring to this pulpit right now my son in the gospel. I say that about a lot of men that God has used in ministry and it always makes me proud. I was at district conference this week and our headquarters representative walked to the the podium and he began to weep and he said, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for people like Brother Blizzard. And I remembered a message I heard when I was in my early 20s and just starting in ministry good. We were youth leaders of a church and the preacher preached on having Paul in a basket when they let him down over the wall. And he said in that meeting, he said to someone here today, we don't know the names of the people that let that rope down when Paul was rescued, when they were going to kill him. But somebody saved his life by allowing him, letting the rope out to get him down over that wall to safety. He said, but I'll tell you one thing. Later when they would hear Paul preach or teach, Somebody had some pretty proud buttons on their shirt when they elbowed their friend and said, I hipped him over the wall. He said, somebody here today, you've got a Paul in your basket in your youth group. And you don't even know it yet. Little did I know that Mark Johnson would be sitting in our basket. He would go on to be the district secretary for Indiana and he would be the executive Presbyter for the North Central Region of the United Pentecostal Church. And when I heard him preach, couldn't help but weep and realize, God, thank you that you didn't let me drop the rope with Paul in the basket or Mark in the basket. The young man coming to this pulpit to preach right now has some Pauls in the basket. He has some young people that God is going to use in a mighty way. And God has used him. And he's using him. Don't drop the rope, son. Brother Adam, we love you at Praise Tabernacle. Come preach. I'm going to have you guys do something in just a moment before we get into the reading of the word. Um. I thought it was pretty cool watching uh, somebody that pastor was a youth pastor over. I thought it was pretty neat because he said it was over 40, 40 something years ago. So that's that's pretty pretty neat, man. You know, I I, I, I feel a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous move of the Holy Ghost about to take place right now. Not because it's me, but because of what's already going on in here. You know, 
something that, that brought me to tears just a moment ago. And I, I love watching young people worship. I, I do. I just, I, I love it. You know, but when I look back and, you know, Sister uh, Samantha, she was a, uh, is a, was a, I don't know. Is, was, I don't know. But she was under us for a little while. And to look back and to watch her worship and give God her all, it brought tears to my eyes. If you only understood, if you only understood. I'm going to ask you to do something right now. Keep your hands clapping. And this is what I want you to do right now. This entire congregation, I want you to start saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Can we do that? Can we do that? I'm going to put down the microphone, but if we could all plug into heaven right now and just begin to call Him for what He is. He is holy. Let it come from your innermost being. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which is, which was, and is to come. Can somebody do that right now? something right now. Just keep that going for a moment. Reflect on His holiness. There is none like Him. There is none pure like Him. There is none powerful like Him. He is the source of all that is good and the source of all that is right. you to do that for a moment more and to somebody in here that does not have the gift of the Holy Ghost and if you want the gift of the Holy Ghost would you let the Lord know right now I'm not talking to you others but to those that don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost if you want to live for Him and you want to give Him everything, go ahead and let Him know right now. And to somebody that doesn't have the Holy Ghost in this place, 
You will begin to feel something well up right now. Your mouth will begin to want to change. You might not understand what it is that's going on, but that's going to be the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will forever change your world because it's the Holy God inside of you. It's the Holy God taking a part of Himself and putting it inside of you. If you have not prayed in the Holy Ghost in a long time, now's the opportunity to do it. Now's the opportunity to rekindle the flame that once burned. Now's the time to be refreshed. Now's the time to be renewed. Now's the time to be restored. Now's the time to have that breakthrough that you came here for. until I feel released from the Holy Ghost. Heaven is in this place right now. Heaven is in this place right now. The Almighty God is in this place right now. If you are in need of a miracle, that miracle working God is in this place right now. If you are in need of healing in your body or in your mind, would you just reach out to that God and let that God do that miracle or that healing for you?
You might not understand what it is that you are feeling right now. But what it is, it's the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of the living God in this place. Now I'm going to turn your attention to the Word for a moment. The Holy Ghost is going to do more. And I have confidence in the Holy Ghost to do that. If you would, turn with me to Revelation chapter 13. And then Revelation chapter 15. I do want to say thank you to my pastor and my pastor's wife and my contemporaries and, and uh, my elders and my wife. Uh, I'll say it as I have said before. If you ain't got a wife, it's awesome to have a wife. I love my wife. My wife is my best friend. My best friend outside of Jesus. Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. I've got a a little bit of a lengthy reading, but if you bear with me, we'll get through the reading. We'll get on to the word. Or actually, we'll go from the word to the word, I guess. Right, Natalie? All right. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear. And his mouth, Uh, as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered at the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him, him being the beast, a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Pay attention to that particular portion. It was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him. And and over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here's the patience and the faith of the saints. And then I'm going to jump over to chapter 15 for time's sake. Chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. And I saw another sign in heaven. 
great and marvelous seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up uh, the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, Stand upon the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. I'm not going to ask you to pray because we, we just prayed. But I do want to talk to you for just a moment on this point. When victory doesn't look like victory. When victory does not look like victory. God bless you. You can be seated. When victory does not look like victory, it's easy to mistake victory for defeat. However, if you understand what God is doing, you will understand that you didn't experience defeat, but that you experienced victory. What's going on in this scene of the very end of time in Revelation chapter 13? What we see is evil by the masses, kind of how we see building up right now in our day, and in our time. We see a very corrupt government system. I'm not talking about now, but I'm talking about in that time. Whatever goes on now, that's subject to your opinion and to my opinion. <clears throat> you keep your opinion to yourself, and I'll keep mine to myself. This beast steps on the scene. This beast, he is kind of like a, a counterfeit. He's known as the Antichrist. He tries to do everything that the Christ did, but in reverse. Even in the times that we live in, we see that this Antichrist is met with much anticipation, much speculation. Over the course of time, you will see that many have wondered if various political leaders were the Antichrist. But what the scriptures tell us about this, this devil incarnate was that he had a big mouth like the politician that he is. He uses that big mouth to openly speak evil against God and against the things of God. He also uses his mouth with flatteries, just like Absalom. He is forceful. He is powerful. He is proud. He's boastful. He is brutal. He is extremely popular in this time when he comes. He is loved by the people of the world. You see the people of the world go drooling after him because of some counterfeit miracles that had taken place. You see that he is worshipped 
and he is adored. You see that, that all of history's dictators and jerks in, in politics pale when it comes to this guy. The people of the world come eating out of his hand because of the counterfeit supernatural works that he does. In their eyes, he is invincible. In their eyes, he is better than Trump, better than Putin, better than Kim Jong, better than any of the political leaders of this day. With him, the world feels at peace. With him, they feel safe and secure. He's everything that they've hoped for in a political leader. In their eyes, he is incomparable. There's nobody like him, kind of the way that we express about our God, how there is nobody like him. As a matter of fact, I'm telling you about a time that is to come. And I will even say that this time is closer than what we realize. And if you don't believe that it's closer than what we realize, you go take a look at the UN. Uh, I don't want to call it strategic growth. I've had that in my head since yesterday. But the UN uh, developments that they have going on. And there's one in particular that wants to have everybody in the entire world identified, or not identified, but with identification by the year 2030, okay? And if you don't think that's anything, they've already got a platform in which they're going to, to, to use, and it's gained a whole lot of headway at the World Economic Forum, and it's called ID 2020. I didn't come to give you a, a thing of the end times. I'm not good with that stuff, but I just want to show you where we're at in this place and in this time. And that the coming of the Lord is even closer than what it was before. This time must happen before the Lord returns and the church is raptured according to Revelation 14 and according to 2 Thessalonians 2. This will be a time of great deception. As these characters work devilish miracles that people just oogle over. This time will be a time of great rationalization. As people weigh the risk of worshiping the image of the beast. Or dying. This will be a time of great compromise as people cave into a global government's imposed way of buying and selling. Do I take this mark or, or does my family starve? Do I take this mark or do I go get the treatment that I need for my body? And I want to tell you something right now. If you think you need faith right now, you're going to need faith a whole lot more then. So you might as well start learning now to cleave to your God and to get a hold of your God and to start trusting in your God like you've never trusted in Him before. Because if you're so full of rationalization and compromise now, you'll be full of it then. If you're so full of, of weighing the risks and the benefits of going out into the world and, and staying in the church, when that time comes, it won't be no problem for you to go and, and, and 
take the mark or do whatever. I, you know what my mind constantly goes to whenever I read this portion of scriptures? The plain of Dura, where they had a 90-foot-tall statue erected of King Nebuchadnezzar. And I could imagine that amongst that crowd, there were a whole bunch of oneness Jews. Rationalization and compromise. Brother Abba, I love that word. But rationalization and compromise kick in in that moment. Well, maybe I can just bow down and, 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 and pretend like I'm tying my shoes. Maybe I could just bow down and, and God will forgive me for it. But I'm telling you, there were three that were there that day that said, my mind is made up. My heart is fixed. There is no compromise. There is no nothing that's going to get me to bow down to an idol because I know it's something I shouldn't do. And because I know that there is only one true God. Let me get on to my message, though. I don't want to. All right. I will do that. In this time, the people of God, the people in here, I would imagine, I don't know. I don't know how long this mess is, has got to be before all this unfolds. But in this time, the people of God will experience hardship and persecution. Hardship and persecution because they refuse to give their allegiance to some antichrist and to his, to some, to his system. Where's the victory for the people of God in this? Where is the victory for the people of God in this? I'll tell you where the victory is for the people of God. It's in the hearts and in the minds of those people that refuse to cave in to what the world wants them to do. It's a people that goes like this. In the face of adversity, I'm going to stay faithful and I'm going to stay true to Him that saved me. And if it means death, then death is what I'll take because He is able to resurrect me and to bring me back unto Him. You see, the end times ain't all about spooks. But there comes a glorious time and a glorious day when we shall see our Jesus. You think the Holy Ghost feels good right now? Oh, it does. But wait until we get to heaven. And what a day that is going to be. When victory doesn't look like victory, when that time comes and those people are getting the snot beat out of them, and those people have got a, a, a devil manifest in flesh that, hey, Christian, I've got a target on you. Hey, Christian, I want to strip you of your rights. Hey, preacher, I want to I wanna take your liberty and I want to take your ability to go and minister that word like you should. 
I want to make you powerless and ineffective. In Jesus' name, here we go. All right. When victory doesn't look like victory. When victory doesn't look like victory. Scriptures tell us like this, that he overcame them. He was given the power to overcome them. But then you see in 15 where the power that they had wasn't in, how can I say, it wasn't in, 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 in anything else except for their allegiance to their God. It wasn't in anything else but in their faithfulness to their God in the face of adversity. In the face of adversity, people will question, do I do the wrong thing or do I do the right thing? But I love what Brother Aber told me one day. I think it was the first message, Pastor, that we were, that, that you had him work with me on. That fateful day, some many years ago. And he said, Adam, if you're going to do anything, do the, do the right thing. Simple and profound. Something we've tried to instill into our young people. If you're going to do anything, you're going to do the right thing. You can't ever go wrong doing the right thing. If somebody says you've got, you're too tight on your conscience, say, I don't care. I've got to be right before God. You know, when victory doesn't look like victory. Jesus at Calvary most certainly didn't look like a victory. If you or I was standing there in that time and you saw him getting falsely accused, and you saw him getting spit on, and his beard plucked, and his face slapped, him getting the snot beat out of him, but him refusing open his mouth and to speak up because he wanted or because he had to keep the right character in the face of adversity. He was bloodied. He was pathetic and he was pitiful looking. He was abandoned and he was lonely. This certainly wasn't the picture of victory. This looked like a moment of utter defeat to those people that were looking on. But what looked like utter defeat for one man was the ultimate victory, not just for that man, but for all of mankind that would go and take an opportunity to get a hold of the salvation that he has for them. If you are in need of that salvation, that saving God is here today. If you are in need of that God to pull you up and to lift you out, that God is here today. Go ahead and clap your hands unto the Lord for a moment.
But victory doesn't look like victory. He was died. He was buried. And he rose again. But when he rose again, even more of him would be spread abroad by way of his spirit that he would send into the hearts of people. When they would try to stop the church in the book of Acts, guess what that happened? Well, guess what happened? It was in Jerusalem that they tried to stop it. It was in Jerusalem that they, they, they tried to kill this move, movement of Jesus. But when they tried to stop it, it only spread and it got bigger and bigger and more powerful and Jesus could be seen in every corner of the world. People by the thousands were receiving the Holy Ghost. And even up until today, I, can, I, I couldn't put a number. I don't know if it'd be safe to put a number between now and them, then. But how many people have Jesus inside of them? How many people have that living God moving and, and, and living and working and reaching and touching? When victory doesn't look like victory. When victory doesn't look like victory. You know something I learned about hard times? I learned that if I do it right, I will get something out of it. And any time I could get something out of it, I'm leaving from that thing victorious. I'll tell you what, some of you might be in this place today for the first time, second time. I don't know. You might be in here uh, because you had a bad time, because you have a bad attitude, or, or because things just ain't going right at home. But I can tell you that if you plug in to what God has going, you too will leave from here victorious. If you plug in to this Jesus I'm telling you about, you will leave from here stronger than what you came in. You will leave from here with more confidence than what you came with. Would somebody plug into that Jesus right now? Somebody wants to leave from this place with more of what they came in with. Somebody wants to leave from this place in victory. I'm almost done, so you just bear with me for a moment. The lonely woman at the well. Let me tell you about what was going on right there. Her outcasting had to give her a feeling of defeat. I bet she hated going to that well because every time she went to that well, it served as a reminder of the past that she's had. 
Every time she went to that well, it reminded her of how lonely she was. It reminded her of all the guys that she's been through. It reminded her that she was in isolation. But there is something so powerful, something so magnanimous that happens to people that are in isolation when Jesus comes to you. Yeah, it might have been nobody wants to be around me. But when Jesus showed up, that was the singularly best moment in her entire life. She didn't have a moment like that before. She was with the King of Kings face to face. And that King of Kings was building up something in her that a daddy does in his daughter. He was inserting back into her. You have value. You have meaning. You have worth. You might have messed up, but you can fix it. That same Jesus is here right now, ready to do that same work in the life of anybody that will take it. I'm going to close up in just a moment. I'm sorry I'm pushing my voice, but I'm almost out of voice. So I guess I just ain't got no more voice. I'm almost going to start singing to you guys high pitch. Would you like me to do it? I think my wife would be okay with it. All right. I'm sorry. You know, if you think about it, He goes like this. He goes. And he tells her. He, he asks her a question. I'm going to read the question to you. He says like this. Actually, it wasn't a question. But he goes, go call thy husband and come here. Now understand what's going on. In this moment of victory, not looking like victory. Understand what's going on in this moment. He's asking her this question without having even probed into her background. But him asking her this question or this giving her this command gives her the opportunity to be open and to be honest with him. It gives her the opportunity to be forthright with God manifest in the flesh. It gives her the opportunity to, to, I guess you could say, reconcile any wrongs that she might have had because she could be honest. And he goes like this. She goes, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, Thou hast said, well, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thine husband. In that saidest thou truly. At that moment of honesty and her connecting with the fact that 
He knew what was going on in her life. She realizes this is a spiritual guy right here. He knows a whole lot about me. And the woman said to him, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. What mountain were they talking about in Samaria? They were talking about Mount Gerizim, where once upon a time stood a temple. Once upon a time, before the place was was trashed and thrashed, the people would come to that temple and they would do worship unto God and they would offer up sacrifices unto God. And then... She points to him, but you Jews are over in Jerusalem, and over there is a place where you say we ought to worship. What was in Jerusalem? It was the temple. It was the Jewish temple where the Jews would go and do their worship, where the Jews would come and and pay their, their homage to this living God. But Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, When ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. He was telling them it wasn't going to be at the temple in in Gerizim. And it wasn't going to be the temple at Jerusalem. But the temple was right here inside of you. And what the Father was looking for was somebody to be forthright. Somebody to be honest. Somebody to go, God, I don't understand what it is that's going on. But I just want to be right with you. God, I I know I made a lot of mistakes, but I just want to be under your love and under your care and under your mercy. And you know how you access that. You access that by being open and being honest with them. That's what spirit and truth was talking about. Being open and honest with that God. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where is this house that you will build unto me? And where is my place of rest? Hath not mine hand made all these things, and hath not these things always been? But to this man will I look. He that is of a broken and a contrite spirit, and that trembleth at my word. You know what God was telling those people? I don't need your stinking temples. I don't need your towers that you would erect unto me. But what I need for you is for you to open yourself to me and give to me your all. I don't delight in the stained glass. I don't delight in any of that stuff. But I delight in more of a broken heart. Let's all stand.
if when victory doesn't look like victory God just wants somebody to go will you be right before me when things ain't going the way you think they should when life has dealt you a severe blow are you going to be right before me are you going to Show character in my sight. And keep in mind, his sight goes further than what our sight ever will. If, I tell you what, do me a favor. Let's come to the altar. If you are a person that is in need of the Holy Ghost, do me a huge favor. I'm upon it on you guys. Would you let one of, I guess, I can't even count right, these five know that you are in need of the Holy Ghost. Let's go ahead and come to the altar. Come on. If you are in need of the Holy Ghost, would you let one of these guys up here know? And I guarantee you, if you come up here with that type of heart, God will fill you full of His Spirit. God will fill you full of His Spirit. If you've never spoken in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the ability to do so, would you come make your way up over here? God is going to fill people with the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is for everybody. There's no special class of people that get it. Just the person that's open and that's right before God. Let's pray. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Praise it for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise it for the victory. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Praise it for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. 
praise him for the victory. Marching around the walls of Jericho. You know it seemed like a foolish way to conquer the foe. But Joshua said on the last time around, blow the trumpet and shout. The walls gave in when the people began praising for the victory. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Praise him for the victory. You see the weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise him for the victory. There is a way to have victory all of the time. Even when it seems you're surrounded by enemy lines. You see, praising the Lord keeps the devil confused. Worship puts him out of his mind. He knows he's beat, so he's in retreat. Praising for the victory. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Praise Him for the victory. You see the weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise Him for the victory. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Praise Him for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise Him for the victory. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Now, come on. Somebody better not. I won't turn back. No, no. I won't turn back. No. I won't turn back. Now. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Sing for joy, clap your hands, make a joyful noise. 
and fought a victory. You see the weapons we use, son of bones and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise and fought the victory. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. you guys to do right now if you're currently in a battle and you are fighting and you believe that you have the victory already I want you to start worshiping like you already have it and I don't want just a little a little wave of the hand a little a little jump a little shout but I want you guys to start praying I want you guys to lose your mind right now why don't you guys begin to dwell on that thought right there that you already won that you are more than an overcomer that no weapon formed against you shall prosper let me tell you something weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning come on i want someone to push a little further if you are in a battle if you are if you are in a situation right now go ahead i believe i believe that you will leave this place in victory i believe you will leave it at the altar why don't you begin to shout why don't you begin to run why don't you begin to walk around the walls that the enemy built up around you in the spirit why don't you begin to do those things right now and proclaim the name of Jesus over it? Come on. I won't turn back. Victory. The 
Weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise and follow the terrain. Oh, come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There will be enough opportunities in life for you to look at situations and feel like it can't get any worse than this. But let me tell you something. When you're down to nothing, God's up to something. When the worst day of your life and you look like this is it, I can't go any further, that's when God will show up. That's when you'll quit trying to do it on your own and you'll finally say, hey God, I just need you to do it. That's when you will finally surrender your will to His will, your way to His way. Defeat doesn't always mean that it's over. It may not look like a victory. God asked Moses, said, what do you got in your hand? He said, nothing but a rod. He said, throw it down. He threw it down. It turned into a snake. That was worse than the stick he had in his hand. And then God said, pick it up. Just the same with you, God. I'll just leave it there. How about that? See, you, God's going to tell you sometime to pick some things up. Start doing this. You, need, you quit doing that and start doing this. Quit going there and start going here. Quit doing those things. Do these things. How bad do you want your victory? How bad do you want it? Some people just want enough victory just so they can say they got God. They some folks too lost to be found and some folks too found to be lost. They just out there thinking I'm doing it my way. Quit trying to do it your way and do it his way. It may, you may be in a situation and we got people here in this place and I know about some of the situations some of them I don't know about and you look at your situation and say this is hopeless no it's not no it's not you can't fix it but God can yeah he can I've lost so much. You had not lost anything God can't restore. You had not lost anything God can't restore. He told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He was an old man. They tried to help God out a little bit. It's still causing us problems. You have to think you got to help God out. You don't need any help. He may not answer when you want him to. But he'll come through. And when he did, Sarah died. But he went on to have more kids. He found out as an old man, I can have one, I could have some more. Read the Bible. It's not a common book. That's in the Word of God. Whatever looks like defeat to you today is a setup for victory for God. Somebody's being set up for a great victory. 
We're going to have a great victory in this house. Amen. Thank you, Brother Adam. Boy, I love these young guys. Man, I love these young guys. And they preach the Word of God. See, if you only knew, if you only knew where some of them came from, they get up here and preach. When Brother Pavla got up here and he started doing his thing today, Brother Abel looked over at me and he said, Man, these guys have grown so much. Those buttons on the vest are about to bust again. Because you see, when you see people that you've touched their lives and see what God's doing in them, Forty years went by before I heard the words I heard on Saturday. Forty years. We're in a Sunday school class. A young boy that I picked up and threw out of the classroom in an illustration told him he was an unprofitable servant. Would stand in the pulpit. Say, without that, I may not be here today. You may not know when it's going to happen, but God, God keeps good books. You just keep doing what is right. You just keep doing what is right. Don't get an attitude. Some of you got an MBA. That's a major bad attitude. Let your MBA go and hold on to his hand. Let's see what God's going to do. Amen. God bless you today. Tuesday night, our missionary from Madagascar is going to be here. Be here. Come praying and believing God to do something. Sister Aber needs to see all the ladies real quick right over here in the youth pit.